Yo guys, what's going on? Back, welcome back to Bias Brothers. And for the listeners who listen for the first time, welcome. This is the Bible going on here. I am your host Dave, and with me today is Randy, Atletico no, fan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, are big up, big up Atletico fan in the league, sir. So. Yeah, can't complain at all, na. Considering the season for La Liga club. Um, now nah, it was it was good to see Majoran Barca not winning it. So I, I always I was exi- I was I was excited for that to go to to. Nobody wanted that cup, boy. Everybody is just playing hot potato with it. And eventually, in the last day, they say, "Forget this, yes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that to come back to win it actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of well, the club season, the um, club season almost at end. Um, mm-hmm. we will tackle Premier League I think next week, but right now, let me, let me, um, let me go to the Europa League final. Your so-called second team is United. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're supporting two teams in this place, but yeah, um, let me, let me talk about our Europa League final now. Good. Huh. What are your Where to start, boy? I mean, you know what? I'll start with the. I'll start with our neutral first. I mean, the first half was it was it was good. It was okay. It was, it was how we expect our final to be. You know, one team. Well, how Villarreal came out, they expect them to come out like that. Manu went at them. They expect. It was a good game overall for neutral. I guess I would say the penalties was fun. Not gonna lie, some. Worldies in there. The men was like every single penalty was good except the last one. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that was some of the best penalties I've ever seen. You know that game really mind me Chelsea twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just sit, sit back and and absorb pressure until penalties. Yeah, that was actually my thoughts too. You know, like it was a Bayern Chelsea game, or it was like a ba- a typical Barca Atletico game in La Liga. But yeah, um, let me start with Manchester United first, right? Um, hmm. boy, where to start with them, boy? I think these players, boy, because I have blame for Ole and I have blame for the players as well. Like these players should have gotten this job done. Any 90 minutes, right? When you look at the teams on paper, <clears throat> Manchester United should have more than enough quality to steamroll this Villarreal side. Who finished seventh in the league or eighth? Yeah, who finished seventh in the league. And also, they played a strong team against Real Madrid five days ago, right? In their last game in the league. Manchester United rested their entire team against Madrid. Right. True, yeah. But it was Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you looked at the game, Manchester United barely created opportunities. Like the goal was a complete fluke goal, you know. Like it was a final goal. The like Cavani goal. Yeah, the, it was a fluke goal. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And, and and it was barely onside too. Barely onside, yeah. yeah. And they conceded from a set piece, like which was expected. Which was expected because that yeah. will be a will be a score from true in but, recent weeks. Yeah, but it was a poor game from Manchester United. Like in the 90 minutes, it was a poor game. 
the response in the second half was decent, but not enough. You know, they were just too complacent. Yeah. Again to that, again to that. And They're the good. extra time, the extra time period, I really thought Villarreal was going to score. You know? Villarreal looked the more likely team to score in that extra time period. And well, this is... Yeah, I was going to say um, that is mainly because Villarreal make all the five subs within 90. Right. And United didn't make any. Right. And this is where, right, blame from the players shifted now. Because this is where I blame Ole. This is where you see inexperience. This is where you see Unai Emery. As much stick as people give him for his time at PSG and Arsenal, he's sure why he's a still a decent coach, right? His substitutions were on point. He brought on men at the right time. For me, it was a Villarreal masterclass. That's how I saw it. This mm. team... This team compared to Manchester United team, they, they are a more static team, right? Because I follow a bit of them in La Liga. They have slow players. The one flair player who was out, um, Samu Chukweze. Yeah, he got injured he, against Arsenal. He was injured, yeah. right? So this team is a very slow team. And like you said, they got their goal from a set piece and they were comfortable defending against United. That was expected, right? But Unai Emery, when these guys were tiring, in the 70th minute or so, he brought on substitution. Yeah, he made changes, yeah. He realized that on the left-hand side, with Shaw and Rashford, they were doubling up on point, right? And he took off point. And on the other side, was it Villarreal left-back name, boy? Pedraza. He took him out and brought on... Moreno. Moreno. Moreno, yeah. These guys brought in a lot of energy in the midfield. He brought on Moy Gomez, Carlos Baca, 35 years old. He took him out when he sees starting to get tired. Those were... Yeah, Alcacer. Yeah. Those were quality substitutions, in my opinion, right? Now, Ole gonna search that. <laughs> he left 11 men play 90 minutes. Your first substitution you're bringing on is Fred. And you're taking <laughs> off who? Who you take off where I'm bringing on Fred? But I try to remember who's the man come off of Fred. Um, uh, can't remember. But that was the first substitution. Then, you proceed to bring on man like Mata. You could have seen the man set up to play penalties. United was supposed to go and, after and he take off Pogba. And he take off Pogba. And you leave Van der Beek on the bench. You have a man like Van der Beek just. If I was Van der Beek, like I would be like, what are you even doing here? You know? Well, he probably so, like that since since October. <laughs> exactly. But we all know Ole is a man that's bottle big games. I'm not surprised. But at the same time, I really expected them to get the job done against Villarreal, who are a very solid team, eh? not going to lie. First major trophy for them, so congrats to them. I mean, but still, you would expect Manchester United to win this game. But when I am really sure why he's still a very decent coach and Ole, Ole have a lot to learn still. But I mean, it's an improvement from bottling semi-finals to bottling finals. finals. So <laughs> you're going up a step. So, and they're good to go up a step in the league too, from third to second. Yeah, so <laughs> I guess you could say, but that's that stupid talk, yes. I mean, Ole say that this season wasn't a successful season. Rashford basically same, say the same thing. So for you, you're stuck in the league, European final, and I think Ole was in Carver Cup semi final or something. Kind of, but. Is this was this a successful season? 
I wouldn't say sooner. If we had, all right, if they had won Europa League, I would say. It's progress. I would say maybe, right? Because you're all. Actually, no, but for, okay, for me, if they win Europa League, that would just people over the cracks of all issues that happen in the club right now. United, exactly. not good enough to compete for titles. United, and plus United do have the score depth to compete for titles. I yeah. United finishing second was the biggest achievement in a very long time. Because with yeah. the little, the thin squad that they have to reach, to finish second and reach a European final, that's a big achievement. Yeah, that's very true. Um, But the thing is, a Europa League final, like they, you see, if they had started in the Europa League and made it to the final, it's different, right? But you was in the kettle of big fish in the Champions League. And exactly. You, you bottle your group. You was in a commanding position in the Champions League and you end up going on to play side like Sociedad and Granada and yeah. them kind of side when you're supposed to be playing against a better team. So but when you watch both Chelsea and United this season, mm-hmm. both of them play three Spanish teams on the route to the final. Um, but look at the difference. Well, yeah, look at the difference. Yeah, Chelsea won all the games against the Spanish team. Um, and convincingly. Yeah, Manchester United needs, they need some help. They need some help. But back to the Europa League game, I was impressed by a couple of Villarreal players. I was going to talk about that since you was follow yeah. La Liga. You would know about them. Because schools, schools was like, Villarreal is the the Spanish Watford. And I I do agree with that. Yeah, I do agree with that. I mean, in this century, they played a they were playing um a semi-final against Arsenal in the Champions League, I think 2005, somewhere. 2006, 2006. 2006, yeah. Robert yeah. Perez, I think, was in that team. Mm. So Villarreal have produced a lot of good players over the years. Santi Cazola recently retired from them. But in this game yesterday, the player that stood out for me and European clubs will want this one is Pau Torres, the young centre-back. Mm-hmm. Definitely one for the future. We also saw Etienne Kapui had a really good game in midfield. And I, I think he is um, the 18th player to leave Tottenham with that title. Yeah, I was watching that start. Trippier <laughs> left this year. Trippier won. Ericsson won. And that's Kapoe now, right? Harry and, and, and Foyt. And Foyt, wow. Yeah. yeah. So Foyt was very impressive as well. Came to Chelsea next season. He went in league. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, but Villarreal do have some quality players and I could see some of them getting some big moves. I mean, if I was poor, I, I ain't going back to no Tottenham. Well, and he on loan, so he had to go back. <laughs> so, but imagine, yeah. imagine... You on loan with this club. You yeah. win Europa League and you're going up to Champions League. And then you're going back to a club that play in Conference League next season. That's pain, bro. That's a... That's that is pain, pain, yes? That is a pain. If I was Foyt, I could see like, Foyt could probably make it in a team like Inter or Sevilla, like that kind of level team now, you know? Yeah. He should be in our Champions League team. Like, he's a solid, he's solid, he's solid. He shouldn't be playing the Conference League. And I'm sure Kade no up in the Conference League either. So that's why he's ah. probably leaving. 
Harry Kane and Son cannot be playing in no conference league. There's too much quality to be playing. So. They playing all kind of Scottish and Irish fourth place hunting teams. Right? He's telling me. Guys, let me be playing inside like Real Betis something in the league. But, um, Moreno, um, Gerard, he impressed me a lot, though. Yeah, well, I mean, he's the second highest goal scorer in La Liga. Yeah? 30 yeah, goals. 30 so, goals. Yeah, and, and, are... and like, that is about, about what I didn't understand about what Skull saying. Because eh? you have a player in this team scoring 30 goals for the season. And you're mm-hmm. telling me about Spanish Watford. Yeah, that's um, that's not that's a disrespect to them. And, I mean, and the thing with BT too, yes, I know BT is an English broadcaster, English channel. But why yeah. didn't he have any VRA representatives on the panel? It had three X United players. Exactly. They did, they clearly didn't give Villarreal the credit they deserve. I mean, Villarreal in Spain always was one of the tougher teams for the bigger teams to play. You know, like when you go to their home stadium, but. It used to be El Madrigal at the time, but now it's um, the Ceramica because mm. there's a new owner or something. That's mm. a very hostile place to go. Is like when you go to Sevilla Stadium, this um, Sanchez huge one. Like Villarreal is a very um, passionate club and they have um, good players. They have like underdog kind of players, you know, like younger players. They buy cheap and like less. There's like the Leicester of La Liga in a sense, you know, how Leicester is now. They'll yeah. buy players. Like Justin Castagne, no name players, and make them. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the similar in that essence in La Liga. So there was no pushover, but I mean, when you hear the names, Manchester United, Villarreal, and what it meant to United more than what it meant to Villarreal, I mean, yeah, first major trophy, but there's no excuse for Manchester United to be losing to them. But Villarreal, definitely not no Spanish Watford. Come on. That's a disrespect. I just wanna just put out there that since mm-hmm. in fact since since the inception of the Europa League, both United and Chelsea was in it three times. No. Mm-hmm. Well no Chelsea was in it twice. United was in it three times. Chelsea won both times. United United lost two, one only win one. Yeah, the the beat I have then. Yeah, beat I and on that note, United true feel less than four years. Yeah, that, that's a disappointment, especially for a club who claims to be one of the European superpowers. That's a big disappointment. I That is why I wanted the trophy, the silverware, you know? And, and that's the thing. It has a lot, it have a lot of money fans even now saying that, oh, Europe is a small trophy. That no matter if we lose it or whatever, whatever. But trophies is the currency in football. So if you're exactly. not doing true of these, what are you doing? And Scala, the next thing too, right? When you win the Europa League, you give yourself an automatic chance of winning another trophy, you know, the European Super Cup, because that's Cup, one yeah. game. That's one game. Anything could happen in one game. And you have seen the Europa League finalists, sorry, the Europa League winners beat Champions League winners already. Atletico, the Almost all the time. Almost all the exactly. time. Exactly. Atletico, when they won the Europa League three years, when they beat Fulham at Bilbao and Marseille. Chelsea. 
they beat Chelsea in the Super Cup. They beat yeah. Inter and they beat Real Madrid. Mm. So that's an United would have had could have potentially had two trophies. That's yeah. another incentive. And it would have been all in the Super Cup the first time. That would have been higher motivation to win. You know? That's how I see trophies are important in football. Like finishing high in the league, fine. Like in Leicester scenario, let me look at Leicester, right? Leicester won the FA Cup. This was the first time ever, I think. Mm, ever, yeah. And they finished 15. Well, years. no, not ever, but in like 40 years. A long or time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> if you was Leicester, Scott, you would have rather finish fourth and lose the FA Cup final. Nah, you want a trophy? Because you find how successful your season is. Exactly. And the thing is, for Leicester to even finish fifth, like, let's not forget where Leicester came from. Eh? Leicester yeah. was a relegation side not too long ago. Exactly. So finishing fifth, that's still really good for their standards. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you win in a trophy. Imagine you get European football next year and you win a trophy. a trophy. And you are not even considered one of the superpowers in your league. Like, that is a fantastic achievement. You know? So I would say yes. Trophies for me, I would rather trophies over league position any day. I think within the <clears throat> let me say big, let me say big four because I don't really count Arsenal and Tottenham in this <laughs> anymore. But let's yeah, say yeah. big four. In terms of big four, United have the most Europa League appearances in the past ten years, and the only win one. Yeah, that's not really a good start, no? Hmm. That's. Ah. And that, that, is just, that is just to show that United, yes, they're making progress, but things not they're not where they should be. They're not where they should be at all. I mean, if you look at the United in the last, sorry, the decade before the last decade, making Champions League semifinals, Champions League finals, you know, best players in the world. Etc. Now three three league titles in a row. Three league titles in a row. Now you're fighting for top four, and you're barely scraping in Europe. And when you do make it to the big leagues, you're going down. Like well, that, that yeah, that's my point too. Because United, to me, like there's me Champions League, there's make it into top four, but it don't make no sense because it end up in Europa League anyway. Yeah, it's only like it's only like one well once or twice. Well. Twice, once in 2017, where they, they play Barca on the court in the quarters. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the other, that was the only time. Where they make it past the group stage in the past, let me say, 10 years. I think they, they played Bayern Munich on the Moyes and they lost in the quarterfinals. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. A full season in the league. But yeah. I get a point, and you're absolutely right. They're, not, they're definitely not where they should be. I mean, Hopefully, some signings are to be made this year. They need a bit more squad depth, for sure. Because when you're looking on the bench and you see a man like Mata to bring on, like, come on, come on. These players are past it. Them supposed to be playing pet football now. But when you're watching Chelsea case, like Lampard. Mm. Lampard make about nine signings last summer. So, I, I try to apply the same thing to United. You could make all the signings you want, but... If your manager is not at that level, it don't make sense. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. But and I think you know that since now that con- both Conte and 
must be run available. If United will go far, manager, possibly yes. Um, in Chelsea's case, why did Chelsea sign so many attacking players? Like, did they need to? Well, a lot of it was to compensate for Hazard too. Obviously, a carry plays Hazard. The carry plays the player that he was. So, a lot of the attacking signings was trying to fill that gap. Yeah, and I understand Chelsea was this was right after all they had um go over the chance the transfer ban, yeah. yeah. So they just had bare money to spend man. They had to fill the gap somehow. Yeah. Well, when you're bringing big money sign-ins from all over, I mean sometimes they'll get the ground running, sometimes they'll take a little time. I mean, I think I would say Thiago Silva had a decent season for it, not too bad. Yeah, and I think he signed an extra one-year deal, so that'll be yeah. that'll be good. I would say that was a solid one. Um, Ziek hit and miss. Havert, same thing, hit and miss. Werner. I think all all the attacking players basically was hit and miss. Yeah, all is is just um Mendy, Chilwell, and Thiago basically. The defensive players was solid, but the attacking yeah. players, yeah, for sure. Um, but in Manchester United case, I think. I would say they need a centre-back, a CDM, and probably one more wide player. But why, why, okay, why need a CDM? Yes, Van Der Beek is not a CDM, but he is a central midfielder, and yet they bought him, and he's not playing. So why go and buy more CDM? I think um, a player to like hold on the middle of it. When you see Van Der Beek, Van Der Beek is more of an attacking he's player. He's an attacking right? player, yeah. Yeah, him... Spot McTominay is a box-to-box player. Bruno Fernandes, well, Bruno is the attacking Bu- Yeah, player. Bruno not going to drop off for nothing. But I think when you're bringing a CDM in, in United, like you have a different game, you have a different variation. To so you need a, like, United need a, like, need a Kante. Not even a Kante. I, to be honest, if they go after Declan Rice, if they get that Rice and Lingard trade or something, yeah, I would you know, You know Chelsea go under Rice, too. <laughs> no, sir. Chelsea going, going and get rid of Jorginho, most likely, and get rid All right, dude. All right. Oh, they getting Hurricane to win? I don't know about that one. No, but most likely not because Levy don't want to sell to Chelsea. Yeah, so. yeah and he wants real money for him, too. But, yeah, that's... And, well, I see United was looking at Pau Torres, but I'm not so sure about that one either because I remember the same case was with Bailly. Bailly came from Villarreal. Yeah. As a solid centre-back in Spain. And, I mean, he hasn't been a flop, but he hasn't been consistently well, the injuries that caused that too. True. But, yeah, so I don't know if signing is the answer. But I think, this is a weird one, right? But I think Manchester United need to, like, they need to get some people who have a degree in psychology. Because <laughs> these players only want to play when they want to play. Like, it's a psychological problem, I think, because these players play good when they're ready, you know, on the day they're the best, but when they need to play, they do play. And, yeah, it does have a lot of psychological thing too. And United, too, does only start to play when the when they're losing. So yeah. They had to kind of fix that because not all the time they would be able to come back and thing. But yeah, even, even though this season United had the most second half goals and the most comeback wins more than any other side but that is the season 
next season might be the case. And it's because they put themselves in that situation when good sides don't do that. Like Manchester City, for example, they look they dominate the games when they win them. They look comfortable throughout all the games. With United, it's never comfortable. Like they went to West Ham and it was 2 0 down, and it, it requires second half performance mm. to um, win the games. And and I'm and they're playing the sessions. They're playing the sessions too. Exactly. And against Roma too. Roma was beating them in at it was at home and when they won six two. They was winning two one at half time and United come off with a strong second half performance again and. Mm-hmm. Your luck will run out at some point in time. Yeah, that was saying it, it may have worked this season, but next season might be a different story. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of things to be done. I mean, Ole really need to, I don't know, up his ex. Well, he have a little more experience now. I mean, this finals here, for sure, he have to learn something from this because next season, I'm not sure where United going to finish because Chelsea for sure going to come out stronger. City, I think will be City. Liverpool, if their players coming back as well, so it's going to be a more difficult season next season for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's have a lot of well concerns for the England squad with Rashford injured and Maguire injured and things. So. I don't mm-hmm. know if 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 they do go to the Euros, that might mm-hmm. risk risk them coming back with injuries at the beginning of the season in August. Yeah, and they are, I would say, two of the more important players in United, especially Maguire, because Maguire and Bruno, they are two of the leaders in that United team. Without without Maguire, I could see that they have no big leader, because when Bruno these days have an off games, like, I find he fall off real plenty, you know, so, for sure. Bruno like, yeah, has- you need somebody proper to give the armband too, because I was watching Bruno with the armband and... It had no leadership. Yeah, not the same. Maguire is that guy, and you could tell when he. And Bruno, a... Bruno is not even a vocal player. So, and if he alter the game, how he leading? Because he not leading by example, because he alter the game, and yeah. he now he's not a vocal player. So, yeah. what, kind of, what kind of leadership? Well, off for sure. With respect to leadership, with respect to goals and assists. Definitely follow. And well, United need that leadership next season for sure. If they even have if they even want to have a small shot at making the top four. I, I think in the last two seasons in the league, especially, United was very fortunate to finish as high as they did. Yes, they they have the best away record of the unbeaten away in the league all season. Yes. Mm. But they were very fortunate to finish second. You see, I agree with you, right? But at the same time, I disagree with you because you could only beat what in front of you. I mean, yes, you could say Liverpool injuries. You could say, yes, Frank Lampard, tenure in charge at Chelsea. You could say all these things, but you had to beat what in front of you. And that is what they managed to do. I mean, Chelsea was very fortunate that Spurs... Um, Deal with Leicester for them. Thank you, Spurs. Thank you, Spurs. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. But at the same time, yeah, but next season, it's not going to be like that for sure. Definitely. It's not going to be like how it was this year. 
Yeah, everybody's going to be more competitive next season for sure. Especially with Tuchel have a half a season under his belt. And he know what, what how the league is and yeah. what what required. And Tuchel, remember Tuchel to playing with a... Well, he managed a squad. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is Lampard's squad. He managed somebody else's squad. So imagine if Tuchel, Tuchel bring in his own players and get to fit players in his own system. That it would change yeah. a lot. He'll have his full season. And then I think our next thing too with this season, how the firm was so mad this season is um, no fans, because you could see that the fans do play a big part mm-hmm. for some of the teams. Like Sheffield, for example. I don't think Sheffield will get relegated if their fans are there. Fans, that, stadium, yeah. that stadium has been mad teams in the season before. Teams used to struggle when they go in that stadium. I, I think even at, even Liverpool, even if Liverpool had fans all season, sure. it, it might have been a different season. Yeah, for sure. So, but next season, the fans will be coming back in. So, I think we'll come back to some sort of, I guess we could say, normalcy. And the bigger teams will come out on Trump. On Trump cause, and teams like Aston Villa, Everton, who had a good season this year, you'll see them fading away a bit more. Before we wrap up this episode, um, on Twitter, a lot of United fans was blaming the hair for the loss. Uh, what is your thoughts on that? I would say that that's harsh. I would that, say, that is very harsh. They are not on the team to score penalties. That's very, very harsh. I blame Ole more and I blame the players in front of here in the 90 minutes. Like, I'll give them 40% they blame. I give Ole most of the blame, boy, because them, them substitutions kill me. I ain't gonna lie. When I watch Emery make his substitution, I was like, wow, that is how a coach had a manage game. Like, his game management was poor. To blame the hair? Nah, that's, that's wicked, bro. I would say that's wicked. You know, the funny part to me is that in Champions League, you have five subs this season, and you're yeah. still getting an extra sub and extra time. <laughs> you're changing half your squad. <laughs> Half your, your, your team. And that is mad. And, and Ole yeah. still didn't utilize that. You have six subs. And you still didn't mm-hmm. utilize that. How much subs Ole make? Like four? And all most of that was in the second half of extra time. It's so much. I mean, when the 80th minute call, I remember I was shouting at my team. I was like, the men playing tired. Ole, do something. Let Villarreal bring a fresh leg. And Villarreal was attacking. I was like, Ole, you need to match the move. And he didn't match it. Didn't match it. Simple as that. Well, back to the behavior thing. Back to the behavior thing. Um, people just need a scapegoat. They just need a scapegoat. Somebody to blame, you know. Because, yeah. you know, when you, when you lose, barely any blame. Well, in the immediate moment, in the heating moment, you don't blame the manager. You don't blame players who probably throw it during the 120 minutes. They blame the penalty miss. So I guess people did need need somebody to blame. I the amazing part is that there was space. <laughs> there was space in the goal where the VAR fans was. So that was probably <laughs> probably so wild. Yeah. But you want to blame the hair. When I looked at the hair's penalty it wasn't bad, you know. It was going in the bottom quite Nah, that, that was rubbish. <laughs> that was rubbish. I find sure penalty was worse 
and it's sneaky and like keeper should have to show sure, off and, we went under the arm that keeper also was saved that yeah that that, was, that should have saved he got lucky that one was better than shown but i mean yeah he should have pulled more power on it so he should have placed it more more but that's wide. not his job I exactly exactly yeah. not in the team to score penalties yeah that's wicked but united them united fans need to come back to some reality you know as the team the team play shit had to deal with it next season come back out stronger but yeah it was a good game oh uh, yeah i guess yeah a good game and probably not this season now united what i want but still progress from last season Yeah, from Butlin's semis to Butlin's final. <laughs> Great progress. <laughs> well, congrats to Villarreal still on the Europa League win. Might face City or Chelsea in the Super Cup, so should be interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess we we could we could wrap up this episode, and um, the next one we will preview Champions League final. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll wrap up this one. And guys, thanks, thanks for listening. If you if you make it this far, and um, <laughs> continue to to support, you could follow follow on Instagram, Football Fortress, like on Facebook, and you could follow me on Randy too. Randy, where's your your handle again? <laughs> hmm. I will um, send it to Brady. Um, Antoine Beckley on Instagram, Randall Pandel on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too much. And you can just find me at Dave on both Twitter and IG. Like my handle is D A V I D S C four L E T T. So yeah, we'll see you guys. Well, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Talk about Champions League final. Peace. Yes.